Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. I've got some men on the podcast with me. Gentlemen, would you introduce yourselves? How's it going? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Sam Schmidt, Pastor at Sacred City Moline. Kevin Kenor, Biblical Counselor. All right. What I want to do today, we have worked our way through Donald Whitney's book of Spiritual Disciplines on the Christian Life, so we're going to move on from that, start doing some different things. We are up for taking your recommendations. We are going to be soon increasing our podcast back to its normal um, schedule, which is we're going to be doing two a week. That will be coming um, as soon as we get some in the hopper to be able to get ahead of the game. But what that means for you is we would love to hear from you. If you've got questions, if you've got cultural issues, you've got biblical issues, you've got theology stuff you want answers to, email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com or you can email sam at sam at sacredcitychurch.com and we would love to tackle those questions and bring them up on the podcast. What I want to do today is I want to discuss this kind of building campaign that we just had, um, the remodeling, the whole, the whole process, and, and then opening Sunday. Because this, just a few days ago, so four days ago, we're recording this on a Thursday, four days ago we had our opening Sunday. And um, I'll just be honest, I, it was, um, man, it was one of the best Sunday gatherings that I've ever been a part of. <clears throat> it, there's been, I told the guys, there, there, there's probably, I don't even know when the last time I was genuinely surprised at a gathering, but I was blown away on Sunday at, uh, because we put, a, let me say this, we put a lot of thought into our gathering. We plan out the liturgy. Um, every aspect we weigh and we measure and we, you know, go back to scripture and we're trying to, we just want to have the most uh, biblically faithful, God honoring, God glorifying um, worship gathering we, we possibly can. And so we don't just fly by the seat of our pants, you know, so, so most of the time you know what you're going to get. Um, but this week, what blew me away was the congregational singing we started and the people were like just as loud, if not louder than the band. Mm. And I've never experienced that before. I don't, and I, we think it's because of the shape of the building and the shape of our gathering space now, our sanctuary, and it's got high vaulted ceilings and it's, it, the stage sits in a corner. And so the acoustics are, are, are we think are, were made for uh, congregational singing and not the performance stage that we had at the theater that was made for performances and to project out and you don't want to hear the crowd. Um, but it was awesome. <clears throat> right. It, it was awesome. But what I want to, um, kind of pull back 30,000 foot and look at the process that kind of happened. <clears throat> we, um, uh, felt compelled by God to preach through Ezra and Nehemiah. Mm. And as we studied the text of Ezra, um, there was just some beautiful theology and philosophy that came to the forefront in Ezra that 
a lot of people didn't really pick up on. I was picking up on it. I was geeking out about it because it was showing us that worship is upstream from culture. If we want to change the culture, we got to change the worship. Mm -hmm. That if we wanted right worship, we needed a right building to worship that in. We needed a place to call our own. And then, you know, the exiles go back and they see that the temple is destroyed. And so they get to work on rebuilding that temple, right? And so this is, you know, I'm starting to get like, maybe the theater isn't conducive to right worship. And, you know, the government controls it and they can shut us down whenever they want. And that's caused a lot of problems during 2020. And maybe the space isn't the best for us. And maybe we should be looking to put down roots in, in our community and to go back and build. And there's aspects in Ezra where he's like, just bring us the book. Remember that? Just mm. bring us the book. Bring out the book, Ezra. We want, we're people of the book. We want to know what the book says. And then we went through Nehemiah and then, and Nehemiah was all about like a vision from God. If you have a vision from God, you better expect opposition. Like if God has a vision, then the devil's going to try to bring division. And when Nehemiah gets a vision, um, the enemy sends his best to come and try to, you know, divide that vision, mm-hmm. to try to stop that vision. And there's going to be a lot of conflict. And there's a whole lot of conflict during Nehemiah. <clears throat> and, um, and then there's, he's got fundraising efforts and he's got hard work and all the people, you know, they got to roll up their sleeves and they got to have a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. And there was just so much stuff that the Lord was doing in us that we, I didn't even know how the word preaching through Ezra and Nehemiah was changing me, but it was. Yeah. I'm curious. So Ezra and Nehemiah in the backdrop, um, and you're picking up on these themes of their story and you're wondering, what does this mean for our story? At what point did you start to think maybe it's time for us? Or like when you started, like more than just a, oh, wouldn't it be nice to let's go, let's figure out something, let's start praying, let's start working. Well, so we, I've been coming to some convictions prior to this that obviously 2020 showed me having a government owned building (laughs) is not ideal when the government wants to shut down what they perceive to be non-essential businesses and they perceive you to be that Uh, the junior theater was overall pretty good to us but we had to jump through a lot of hoops for like nine months and we were outside for a lot and all kind of stuff but so it wasn't as bad as like california and other places but we still it was not ideal so I, i was already like oh we we probably need our own building problem is i've been like kind of soft searching for a building for i don't even know like 10 years and I've been going through buildings. I've been, anytime something comes on the market, I check it out. A couple years ago, I went through one. It was a little bit south of Locust, beautiful building, but it was a little bit smaller for us. We we would still be two services, then probably two services packed out. And so I passed on that building and gave it to Rock Church. And uh, Rock Church bought that building and they have been blessed by it and they're, they're loving it and they've grown in that space and they're serving the city in the uh, south of Locust. Now they just went to two services. So I knew like, okay, it would be nice to have a building. I want a building. I've always wanted a building that had some history to it, that had some beauty to it, and that was in a neighborhood. Mm. Those were like the three things that I've always wanted. Mm. I wanted historical connection to our city. I've wanted 
some beauty. And when I thought of beauty, I typically thought Catholic churches, that's, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. old yeah. Presbyterian churches. That's yeah. what I thought. Um, and then I wanted it in a neighborhood because I wanted to know, like, I didn't want it in a corporate area of the city that you're just surrounded by businesses. I wanted a neighborhood that we could specifically bless. Yeah. But there were no buildings like that on the market that could fit us, that were big enough for us. <clears throat> and so I was kind of resigned to, well, I'll just see what the Lord does. And as I'm working through Ezra and Nehemiah, I'm convinced we have to start a building campaign. We have to start a building campaign. And what I think is going to happen is this is going to be a multi-year fundraising campaign. And at the end of this multi-year fundraising campaign, we're probably going to buy a strip mall type of building. Mm -hmm. We're going to buy a Hobby Lobby or an old grocery store because that's the only thing that'll fit us. And so I'm going to give up on the neighborhood piece. I'm going to give up the, I'm basically, I'm giving up everything. I'm giving up the historical piece. I'm giving up the beauty piece and I'm giving up the, um, the neighborhood piece. Mm -hmm. But what do I get? Well, we get to gather with all of God's people in one place. So it's worth it. So that's what I think is going to happen. And the part that I dreaded was the financial piece. Um, doing a building campaign, asking people for money, what I perceived as begging for people for money, you know what I mean, for a long, multi-year period and just, oh, man, I've been a part of those growing up, and they're long, they're drawn out, and I just didn't want to be that guy who's up there begging for money with a big thermometer on stage <laughs> and said, hey, we have $500,000 goal, and we have $42,000 so far, so keep going, you know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> But what happened, obviously, was much different. We spent um, about six months talking about it, and we feel God's called us to start a fundraising campaign, a building campaign. Then I got back from sabbatical, and we jumped in. That was during Ezra. And then we jumped into Nehemiah, and then I said, I I just— went right back to it and said, God's calling us to do this building campaign. And there was a lot of people that just pushed back and said, I don't think the timing's right. I don't, you know, there's just a lot of pushback. And then we're in Nehemiah when that is the leadership crisis. If remember in in leadership, there will come a, there will always come crisis and sabotage. So when you, when you stand up and say, this is what I think God's, God's telling us to do. And by the way, I did not say thus, I never said thus saith the Lord. Like mm-hmm. I went away in my prayer closet and God's, I, this is what I think the Lord is calling us to do. There will always be pushback. There always is pushback. There's going to be people that try to sabotage you. And there's going to be people that just bring more crisis and just push back and they want to slow you down or they want to, I don't really think of the right timing. And I don't, you know, and, and, and Nehemiah showed there was, that, that's what we saw in Nehemiah, like Sanballat, Tobiah, yeah religiously, all kinds of different people. And they, some of those people were mean-spirited. Some of those people hated him. They were the enemies. And some of those people in Nehemiah were just normal people that just didn't see the vision. They didn't mm-hmm. understand what God was calling them to do. They were tired. They're worn out. They're beat down. They're frustrated. They're struggling. And so they're just saying, slow down, stop. We, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. There were people that just wanted to work on their own homes. If you remember that, they went yeah. back to their own homes to work. And 
They didn't want to be bothered by the mission of God. And so when I got back, I thought, okay, now, yeah, we're going to keep moving forward. We are going to continue to do this fundraising slash building campaign. And what we're going to do is we're going to push towards an end of year offering. Mm. And the goal for this end of year offering, so somebody approached me and they, they made a, a matching $100,000 gift. So I, I took that as evidence that the spirit is behind you and God is wanting, wanting to push forward. So here at the end of the year, you're getting ready to launch the start of a campaign. At this point, there's no, there's no like, hey, the vision is like, here's this building at this address. You can go by. This is what we're hoping for. It's like we're trusting God that he's going to provide a space, but we realize we need to accumulate some resources to move towards something. Yeah. yeah. And it might even be worse than that because we were looking for buildings, and I, I gathered a group of people that were new business, new real estate. And like, we went and looked at Michael's fun world. Okay. And Mike, there was two buildings that were like possibilities. Michael's fun world, which is three like giant warehouse buildings, absolutely hideous pole barn style, just, but the giant square footage. But you would have had a great opportunity for a go-kart ministry that yeah. would have been phenomenal. You hey, would have loved it. Tate was, on it. Loved it. <laughs> Tate was on it. Tate wanted the go-karts. Yes. Uh, and then there was the building kind of right across the interstate, the old Alfa Romeo car dealership. Oh, yeah. And that was $1.8 million, and that would require, that was just, you know, a big car dealership. So that had great parking, great visibility, no neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And it would have required a lot of build-out on the inside to make it, and it, it wasn't that big. I can't remember. It was like maybe 15,000 square feet or something like that for $1.8 million. But that's what my, those buildings were in my sights. Those were the buildings I was like reluctantly kind of, you know, thinking about. Um, but I had this giver that said, we'll, we'll give a matching 100,000. And so I, I presented that to the congregation. I said, hey, the goal is to match this 100,000 so that maybe we could get $200,000 at the end of the year. And then going into 2023, if any building came available, at least we had a down payment that yeah. we could secure it. And, um, or we, and then we're starting this capital campaign. And what we did, what we did was, um, we presented it to our members mm -hmm. and we, we called every single one of our members and we set up an appointment with every single one of our members, just a 15 minute meeting. Um, we kind of cast the vision and we asked them all to, to sacrificially give towards this vision and our people rallied and our people were behind us and we met with nearly every single one of our members. We tried to meet with all of them, but we met with most of them. They put down some kind of pledge or some kind of gift. And we raised uh, $250,000 on that initial offering. Wow. And then we got another 400 or something like that, $400,000 pledged over three years or something, mm -hmm. four to $500,000 pledged over... Maybe it was 550 actually, pledged over the next three years. <clears throat> and then in January, a, a couple members from our church saw a banner out off of Hopewell that said, Hope Church coming soon. <clears throat> well, I knew Hope Church and I knew they weren't very big and I knew they probably weren't building out there. That's multi-million dollar location and they weren't big enough to afford it. So at first I... The first person that told me, it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's out there. It's been out there for a while. You know, I just, I was kind of hopeless. 
Then another person messaged me, and I said, all right, fine, I'm going to check in on this. And I think I, I had Kevin. I had Kevin yeah. email him. Yeah. And so Kevin emailed the pastor, and the pastor said, absolutely, we're interested in selling, and we would be interested in you coming through the building. And, <clears throat> and I walked into the building, and I was not impressed, obviously. Uh, it wasn't beautiful. It wasn't what we were looking for. Now, it was, it's been here for, it's been here since the 50s. So it's got some history to it. It's been added on to uh, five, four different times. So it's five different buildings. It wasn't a neighborhood, but it was Bettendorf, and we were wanting to be in Davenport. So, um, but it wasn't really beautiful. It was actually, it was ugly. <clears throat> I'll just say it, it was ugly. They had, they had basically stripped most of the beauty out of the building for whatever reason and turned the most beautiful part of the, the building into an old youth room that was painted black with very little lighting and sloped floors and chopped up. It was just, you, you entered into a very ugly part of the building. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but when I walked, and so I was kind of underwhelmed. It was typical old church, dark wood, old carpet, different carpet all throughout the building, chopped up small rooms, um, terrible lighting, yellow, old fluorescent lighting, concrete block everywhere. But then I walked into the sanctuary, and when I walked into the sanctuary, though all the natural light had been covered up and blocked out, <clears throat> the ceiling caught my attention. Mm -hmm. High ceiling, wood ceiling, there was some architectural beauty to it and some grandeur to it. <clears throat> and I walked in and said, oh, and it was big enough. The way they had it set up, they could fit like, I think he said he, he thinks he could fit 400 chairs in there or something like that. And he thought he could. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, well, this could probably, this could probably work for us. And then I went through, and there was a, then I realized, oh, man, there's a lot of space here. Okay, so this has got a big footprint. The occupancy rate, it's basically, the occupancy rate is 1,004 people. So you could fit 1,000, over 1,000 people in this building if they're spread out mm -hmm. all at one time. So it's like, okay, well, at least we got square footage. And then, <clears throat> and then obviously, I, I, right away, I was like, well, if I did buy this, this is what I would do. I would gut this whole section. I would... You know, and then I wanted, then I would match, basically, kind of match the sanctuary. I would go wood on the ceiling, really big, open, bring natural light back into it, all this kind of stuff. And I kind of had the vision and walked some people through it, and they agreed. <clears throat> and uh, but the issue was, one, can we afford it? Two, how much work are we going to do on this building, right? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I shared the vision. I cast the vision. Some some people that were in the know basically said, "Yeah, we we think you should. Um, we think you should do it. We think we can do it." And I talked to a couple guys and said, "Would you help me do this if I tackle this?" Um, so we 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 put out some feelers. We made an offer on the building went back and forth. They accepted the offer. And at that time, the plan was like just to open the atrium and just take the rest of the building as it is. Mm. <clears throat> I got a bid on that from a contractor and it was 
450 to 500,000 just for the atrium. And at that point, God started doing something in my heart that was like, I, you know, you work, you used to be a contractor. Like you can, you could do this. Now I've never done commercial. I've only done small commercial jobs. So I've not, never been a commercial contractor. And then this is obviously, this is, this building is like 25,000 square feet. So it's obviously going to be a lot bigger than anything I've ever done. I had pastor friends tell me, don't do it, Justin, don't do it. Just pay it, just pay it and just have it done. But then as our building campaign and the pledges were rolling in and people were being more generous than I could even imagine, I was seeing like, man, I think we can, I think we could, you know, actually tackle this. So a lot of vision was being cast, people responding financially, people, trusted advisors around me were saying, I think we can do this. And then we just decided, okay, let's go. And we bought the building and we got in to the building and then we tackled the classroom side of things. And somewhere in the project, I realized if I if we want to if we want to remodel this whole building, there's only one way that's going to happen, and that is if I actually roll up my sleeves like significantly and rally the, the troops and just work Mm. like just just do it yeah and I and you guys know like a few years ago I did a few projects on the side and got adrenal fatigue and so that's in the background everybody's like don't do it Justin because you're going to get adrenal fatigue and we don't want to see that happen again um but I prayed about it I talked to my wife about it I talked to my elders about it I talked to the finance team about it and I was feeling good about it. And so we, we did it. And I had a handful of guys. So we had so many volunteers that came out to help us like yeah. demo and pull stuff out and the stuff that, you know, paint and some stuff like that. But there was a lot then of, I remember when I made the decision because it was, <clears throat> we reframed the walls upstairs and it came to ha- time to hang the drywall and finish the drywall in the offices. And I was like, am I going to call my drywall guy to do this? That's going to cost us a lot more money. We don't really have any volunteers that are wanting to do it. And I just said, I'm, I'm just going to do it. So I just took a few days, hung the drywall, started finishing the drywall, and then tested it out. And I preached that week. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that was all right. I still preached okay. And that, What's next? <laughs> yeah. And then, the, and then it just started, and then it just kind of started snowballing. It just kind of started snowballing from there and ended up being pretty much on site for um, four and a half months, Mm. being on site, working. But the, and seeing God bring people to our building, artists, contractors, people that used to do contractors, people that framing electricians and just rallying around the vision and being here for months on end. Mm tackling project after project after project after project. And it turned out better than, than I, I 
I could have imagined. But this is, so here's the process that I wanted to see. God gave us a vision. It was not convenient. It was not easy. It was difficult. It required sacrifice from a lot of different people. There was significant pushback against it. There was significant either, um, you know, sabotage or uh, resistance. We, We kept our head down. I'm doing a good work and can't come down. Yeah. Nehemiah, Nehemiah stuff. But this is what I want us to see. It took five months of significant sacrifice yeah. and hard work. Yeah. Like I had to have conversations with my family <clears throat> and say, guys, you know, I normally take Sabbaths on Friday. I normally don't really work very much on Saturdays either. Um, my, I, God is calling me to do something different in this next season. And this is going to be for our family's long-term good. Yeah. What I came to find out was my mother and father had been married in this building, didn't even know it when we originally made the offer and we bought it. So now I've got history. I got even deeper history here in this building. We started uncovering things in the building that showed some previous beauty, the, the old, uh, the vaulted ceilings, the, uh, the, the real glass that we could open up and tear out the brick and we could, and we just started adding the beauty to it. And then obviously we're in the neighborhood. We feel like God's called us to this. So then like literally the three things I was looking for, I'm like, Oh my goodness, they might be here in this, Hmm. in this actual building. And what's interesting is because of the style of the building, the sanctuary is basically built in the eighties. It has like more of a, um, mid century modern Mm -hmm. feel. Yeah. And that's kind of like my lane, and that's kind of like my wife's lane. When, when I was building homes, we liked to do a lot of stuff kind of modern and a lot of metals and different things. And so we got to bring that modern flair kind of into, into the, the building. So it's got, a, it's got an aesthetic beauty to it, but it's different than if we would have had a, a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not really – I love Catholic architecture, and I love that, but that, that's not really me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and that's not really my wife. That's not really, really our church either. We're yeah. young and we've got a lot of young families. And so God just allowed us to kind of bring the different artists' flares, you know, into the building. Mm. Um, and it just, it came out beautiful. But like I said, I had to have conversations with my wife. I had a conversation with my kids. They all agreed. They all said, yep, you can do it. And I had to push hobbies off to the side. I had to push a lot of my studies and reading off to the side. And I mean, I was here from at bare minimum, I was here like 7.30 to, to 4.30 and most and many times coming back after dinner and working until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And there was many people that were coming and doing that with me. There were many men that were tag teaming. Yeah. They, one of them would be with me in the morning and the next one would tag team and be with me in the afternoon. Somebody else would tag team and be with me at night. Mm-hmm. There was missional communities that came in there. I mean, there, the staff was working longer hours. Like there were, and th- so this is the process. This is what I want to see. I want to see like vision, significant sacrifice. I would just want to even say in that just obedience. I mean, because I mean, when you look at it, like you had a, you had a prayer, you had a, you had a vision, you had a thought, you had a dream, you know, and when you took it to the Lord and all the stuff that you didn't want to do, 
You didn't want to do the campaign. You didn't want to try to raise money. You didn't want to bug people. It's like, oh, I've been through this before. It's like... Not only I, that, I didn't want to hang drywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't want to go back to, to the, the did, blue collar pieces, you I, know? So when we originally planned, I was going to frame. That's all I was going to do. Yeah. I was going to do one aspect of the job, and that's frame the atrium. Mm -hmm. Because I love to frame. When yeah. I used to frame houses, it was one of the funnest pieces. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I'll get my hands dirty. I'll frame. Yeah. That's all I was planning to do. Mm -hmm. And it ended up, you know... Dry. Running through walls. Like, yeah, it was ended awesome. up doing, you yeah. know, tile and yeah. uh, I, I can't even tell. I'm not going to get into all the stuff that I was hands on yeah. with, but, but yeah, that, so obedience, doing what needed to be done. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about, you know, the whole, the whole church. Yeah. But I, what I want to, people think like if you cast a good vision or if, if you've or if God's in it or if God has a plan, it'll just show up. Mm-hmm. This building, it kind of just showed up in one sense, but we would have moved in here with hideous carpet, yep. with a terrible design, with poor layouts, with small classrooms, with hideous lighting, with very little beauty, unless we saw this as, yep, there's a, there's a whole lot of work ahead of us, mm -hmm. let's get after it. And remember, Nehemiah was calling gospel-centered pioneers, Mm -hmm. to come out and build. Like yeah. you're going to come and you're going to build and you're going to work. And there's an entrepreneurial spirit there mm -hmm. that I want our people to have. Mm -hmm. If you're wanting to build a business, if you're wanting to build a family, there's going to be seasons that the only way you're going to build something that is beautiful is if you're willing to put everything you've got into it for a mm -hmm. season. And that means might mean no Netflix, no social media, you know, very little vacation time, very little, you know, rest, right? Now, you can't live that way. If you live that way, you're out of order, you're out of line with God's word, you know? But, you know, legitimately, I, I, was, I was working here seven days a week for, for five months. Yeah. But the end result is something that I am really proud of, our, our church can re be really proud of. And on the Friday night where our people got to walk through, yeah. I was like doing everything I could not to cry. Because mm. people were coming in and their eyes were going up and they were going, whoa. Yeah. And it's something genuinely, you know, incredible. But it's not even just that, like what the, the people looking up and seeing the ceilings, seeing everything, but then like the generations of their kids running in afterwards, like this is home. And knowing that like for a season, um, we, we stopped what we were doing so that we can build God's church. Mm. And to be able to see that was just giving God all the glory. Yeah. We said, I, I had to say like for a season, for a long time, we took the church is in a building. We know that we know that, know that, but for a season, the building is going to be our mission. Mm. Yeah. We have to have a home base for ministry for the next generation and for, to reach our city for the gospel of Jesus yep. Christ. And, Man, to see all the people step up and give financial, financially and sacrifice and serve yeah. to make that happen, it made Sunday unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it was mm -hmm. awesome. The energy in the building, obviously, we had 512 people, 400 people in the sanctuary. So we changed the sanctuary around, shrunk the stage, did a bunch of stuff so that we could fit 400 or we could fit 500. We have 500 seats in our sanctuary now. Yeah. So there was 400. So we're already at that 80% capacity on Sunday. We're going to see what happens this next Sunday, what, what happens. But to see the joy on people's face, 
And I came to realize in a more significant way how much space matters. Yeah. Our old theater, we had people spread across four different campuses or four different buildings across yep. the campus. Mm. Whatever it was, 80 kids a week that are in our cottages, mm-hmm. I never see because I'm in the theater and there's, you know, 30 or 40 kids in the theater. But the kids that are down that space, their parents leave the theater, go pick them up and go home. So I don't even see those kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know their names. I don't even get to hug them, smack them, high five, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. We have literally no atrium in our old building. Mm-hmm. And so you either had to stand in the sanctuary and talk to people or you had to rush out and you had to rush out to get your kids. You had to rush out into outside. The space was made for theatrical performances so it's a giant stage yeah. up really high. Um, I didn't even realize how it was hindering the right worship of God. Yeah. We made do with what we could do. Mm-hmm. But as we moved into this building on Sunday, I realized why worship architecture matters. Mm. A hu- we have a huge atrium now so people can congregate, talk, hang out, you know, fellowship, literally fellowship, create community. Kids are running around our legs, having a good time. I get to see them all. It took like 45 minutes to get everybody out of the building on Sunday. Nobody wanted to leave. I had to stand at the door, shaking hands. Some people I shook hands like three times because they're coming back in and everything. (laughs) And then the, the, the sanctuary, right? Obviously we've got nine different classrooms now, plus a youth room. So everybody's got their own space. Mm Everything, the kids love their spaces. They, they, you know, they want to go hang out in their classrooms. But the sanctuary, man, I, I, that's the one piece I was thoroughly blown away by. Mm. The way worship sounds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, we started singing the first song. And I like turn around and look. I'm like, what? I look up at my wife. She's on stage. She looks at me and gives me this smile. I look at Joel, Joel's like giggling. Like we were all experiencing at the same time. Mm. Like we've had a worshipful culture at Sacred City, but it's spread across two different services. So it's like minimized and we didn't have the building. And a worship culture in the right type of worshipful space creates just a dynamic, you know, spirit-filled worshipful gathering. Yeah. Any thoughts from you guys on that? <clears throat> I thought it was just beautiful. I mean, to be honest with you, like I, I got emotional myself just kind of just sitting there in worship. And then as we dedicated the building to God and just to be able to look around and see all the families praise and worship all in one place. But then also like every area head was very specific and detailed about the area for the kids, the area for the youth the area in the gathering, the atrium area, so that everyone has a space to be able to praise and worship God, but then also live in community together. Yeah, yeah, so good. Mm -hmm. I knew something special was happening when on Labor Day, um, I showed up on Labor Day, of course, you know, I got stuff to do, and we're not going to make, like, we're not going to make our timeline if I don't get my butt in gear. So I show up at 7.30 on Labor Day, and a couple people are already here working. And then... Throughout Labor Day, there were probably 20 Sacred City people here on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our culture, 
Labor Day is when you celebrate laborers and you stay at home and you grill and you cook and you don't labor. Yeah. But Sacred City was like, nope, we're putting the labor in Labor Day and we're mm -hmm. coming here and we're tearing out concrete steps yeah. and we're we're rebuilding stuff and and we're just we're putting in the work, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so for the younger people, you know, millennials and 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 those who are even younger than that, that this might be kind of foreign to you, you know, that you've been um, raised to kind of keep everything in balance and have a work-life balance and to keep your mental health safe and, and comfortable and you need your downtime and you need your me time and you mm -hmm. need, you know, all of your things. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad. I like most of those things myself. But if you're, but significant generational wealth, and when I mean wealth, I mean institutions, I mean <clears throat> families, I mean finances, I mean I mean things that go on past you. Yeah. They don't come prepackaged in nice, comfortable uh, packages. You have you're going. They're going to take significant sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's you're not going to be well balanced working forty hours a week if you really want to build something that that lasts. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's even just amazing that I mean the generations of kids that will be here. Mm. But then a lot of them that helped. Like, this story will be told for generations. It's like, man, me and my dad knocked that wall down. My dad and I painted that wall. Like, man, for a season I had, like, a little bit of PTSD because every time I walked over here, I knew I was going to have to get after it. But then now they're getting married in the sanctuary. They're being able to celebrate, and they see their kids running around. Like, that's just mm. a, a glorious day, yeah. man. And what I kept telling, obviously I kept telling the staff, is you never get a second chance at this. Yeah. Like, this is it. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is our first building. Yep. This I'll probably never do this again, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. Lord willing. Uh, uh, five months of, you know, taking on another job. I will probably never do that again. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, even though, and hey, listen, I, it was hard. One of the hardest things I've ever done, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. The band of brothers that I create, that we created here, mm -hmm. that the men were just showing up. Literally, I'd be like, gosh, I need, I need some help. And then dude just shows up. Hey, what do you need? I'm like, you are an answer to prayer. Yeah, yeah So sure. many different times it happened. It was just so cool. So, man, I hope that encourages you. I hope that inspires you. And then, uh, yeah, it was, Sunday was just outstanding. Yeah. And I can't wait to do it again yeah. in a couple of days. So, all right, well, that's it, guys. Um, so if you've got any questions for us, please send them our way. Uh, we do love you. We care about you. We're praying for you. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. <laughs>